Hello everyone and welcome to yet another edition of the Bavarian Podcast Works Postgame Show. Usually for our very final game of the year, we'd bring out all our best podcasters and have a right all time discussing what Bayern Munich just did. But instead you have just me today because everyone else happened to be busy. So this is I Need No Name and I am going to be reviewing Bayern Munich's 2-0 win over Schalke at the Veltins Arena, which is going to be our last bit of Bayern Munich content before the 2022 Winter World Cup in Qatar, which I'm pretty sure almost 90% of you have already made the focus of your attention. So I know that not many people care about this game. So I'm just going to keep this short, keep this simple. And to be perfectly honest, there's not much to talk about. So let's get right to it. So Bayern Munich, we lined up in a pretty unconventional formation, I would say, because it's more akin to what we saw last season. We had kind of a pseudo-back three with Lucas Hernandez, Dair Bumacano and Benjamin Pavard as three centre-backs almost. And then you had Joshua Kimmich, who was supposed to be, in my opinion, the right-back, but instead he was almost like a wing-back. And you had Kingsley Coman as a left-wing-back. And then you had a midfielder in Dion Goretzka. Then you had Leroy Sané, Jamal Musiala, Serge Gnabry, and Eric Maxim Chupamoting as the attackers. So a very attacking-heavy lineup, and we did not see the goals that we expected given the number of attackers we played and honestly I think anyone who remembers what happened last season will know exactly why but anyway we still won 2-0 Bayern Munich did not give anything more than maybe 80 or even 70% of our average effort in this game and like it was too easy really Schalke did not threaten they did not do much they are bottom of the table and you can see why in spite of that I do think that they did do a half decent job defending and maybe if we had had Nusar Matrawi start and a more conventional formation we would have gotten six or seven but even then like I can't really fault the team with the World Cup coming up and everything going on around with all the injuries to guys like Alfonso Davies and Sadiwani. I can't fault the players for just you know holding back that little bit even so we had goals from Serge Gnabry and Chupo Moting and two assists from Jamal Muziala for Bayern to get the win and honestly like I'll take it I'll take any kind of win at this stage of the season we have a decent chance of going into the second half of the season maybe six points clear if Union Berlin and SC Freiburg fail to win the next few games then we would be first place ahead of RB Leipzig who are our next closest team at the moment but Union and Freiburg do not play until tomorrow so you can't say anything for sure just yet anyway so that is a good way to end the year and I'm satisfied. Now, as for what I want to say about this game, I would say that first of all, Jamal Muziala, this kid is an absolute superstar and I just cannot wait. Like, look, right now he is so underrated in the footballing world. I know he has done a lot in the Champions League already and a, an incredible amount in the Bundesliga, but because he's at Bayern and because there are no transfer links for him, to go to another club, say in the EPL or to Barcelona or Real Madrid. Because of that, because of the lack of those transfer links, he's currently very underrated by the footballing media at large because there is no hype to be gained by covering how good Jamal Muziala is. If he were at Borussia Dortmund, then the hype would be through the roof because everyone would be talking about how Muziala would score or assist in the EPL, which team he would fit into, how Chelsea would use him, how Man City would use him, etc., etc. And that's how you get hype in this world so 
that's the sad part about being a Bayern Munich player. If you are amazing, you will not get the recognition you deserve, even though you're performing so well. But Mozilla has a chance to rectify that because he is going to the World Cup for Germany. And on the World Cup, in the world stage, you have a chance to show what you can do without that kind of bias weighing you down. That Bundesliga bias, that Bayern Munich bias weighing you down. You're just going to be on the world stage in front of the entire footballing community. And Mozilla, in the form he is in right now, I think he's going to take the footballing world by storm. This kid... I don't know why people keep saying that he's going to become world-class because he's not going to become world-class, okay? He is world-class. This kid is world-class right now. People talk about Iron Robin and Frank Ribery and those guys, but Muziala is performing on par with those guys, and he's only 19. And he is literally our best forward right now. I am a Muller fan, Muller Mafia member until I die, but... Muziala is our best attacker right now, and I cannot deny that in any way, shape, or form. He already has more than 10 goals and 10 assists in this season. Double digits for goals and assists, that's very rare. And we're not even actually halfway through the season, because there should be two more Bundesliga games to be played before the Hindrunda ends. But, you know, with a weird schedule, what can you do? In spite of that, Muziala is so, so insanely good. And his shooting, his passing, his dribbling, his decision-making, and his defensive commitment, pressing, tackling, all of those things, everything. He's just such a complete package as a forward, as a winger, as an attacking midfielder that you cannot deny that this kid is a current superstar. He's not a future superstar. He's a current superstar and one of the most key players for Bayern Munich. And I cannot, 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 cannot wait to see what people will say when Germany steps onto the pitch in Qatar, and Musiala starts getting those goals and assists on the international level in front of everyone. Once that starts happening, just watch. Everyone's going to say, where was this kid hiding? And we, Bayern fans, we will be smug, and we will be telling them, we knew this. We knew what was going to happen because we were watching him closely while everyone else was ignoring him. And that's just going to be such a good moment for me. I hope that nothing happens to him in the next two weeks leading up to the World Cup. I don't even think it's two weeks now. I think it's just eight, nine days or something like that before Germany kick off against Japan. So, yeah, when Muziala steps onto that pitch, I cannot wait to see what's going to happen. I cannot wait to see how good he's going to be for Hansi Flick's Germany. And as for the question of whether he's going to start, of course he is. Look at how good he is. Look at his form. He is the most informed attacker in Europe, in my opinion, not just for Germany and not just for Bayern. So why wouldn't he start? Hansi Flick is not insane. He's going to start him and it's going to be up to the rest of the players to keep up with how good Muziala has been. One player who seems to be getting form at just the right time right now is Serge Gnabry. Serge Gnabry scored today. He could have had another one or two goals. His movement was very impressive, in my opinion. He looks quicker, more agile than he has been in previous months and it's good to see him get back on the scoring sheet regularly and also not only that he has been involved right throughout the pitch not just offensively and defensively but also in the build-up in holding up the play those kinds of aspects of Gnabry's game which he normally neglects when he's in poor form those you don't see any those are like they are being executed properly and that makes him a valuable team member to have especially when you have this tendency from Gnabry to disappear for large chunks of the game and then just show up with a goal and then people say look at how many goal contributions he had that's not the kind of Gnabry we're seeing right now right now he's in genuine good form he is contributing in all areas of the pitch and I'm glad 
that this has come at this moment right before Germany goes to the World Cup because they are going to need a proper goal scorer because Muziala is not going to finish all the chances by himself. He needs someone to aim for. And if Thomas Muller is not fit in time, Serge Gnabry is going to have to be that guy. Dero Sané, meanwhile, still a little bit rusty compared to, in my opinion, what that incredible form he had right before his injury. But even so, he's not doing badly. I just think that maybe today he was a bit subdued because he had to play like a pseudo attacking midfielder, set central midfielder role with Joshua Kimmich moved to right back. And because of that, well, he was not able to show what he is good at, which is those diagonal runs from the right wing into the center with vertical passes. Those runs were just missing from his game today. That brings up the point that Joshua Kimmich playing at right back, that is not a viable solution for either Bayern Munich or Germany right now. Joshua Kimmich, sitting in front of the centre-backs as a lone DM, that is the most stable configuration for a Bayern or Germany defence, and both Hansi Flick and Nagelsmann will have to accept that. I think the reason why Hansi took only three midfielders to Qatar is because he realises that no one is displacing Joshua Kimmich from the lineup in midfield, so it's just between Goretzka and Gundogan to figure out who is going to be that second midfielder next to them in the 4-2-3-1 that I assume Hansi will play. Kimmich in midfield, when he moved back into midfield once, I think Matthias Tillich was subbed on in the second half, once he moved back into midfield, Bayern were completely in control of the game. Schalke did have chances before that, but once Kimmich was back in the centre, they got completely shut down, they were not able to even cross their half most of the time. That is the kind of dominance that you expect, and you know, it's kind of weird to think about, but Adding attackers for a team like Bayern Munich, you think that that would make us, that would make it easier for us to score. But that is completely the opposite of what we actually see in games nowadays. It's more like the team that we see is so finely balanced that even adding attacker doesn't necessarily mean that you are going to score more goals. In fact, it just means that you lack control, so you spend more time covering for the mistakes of players or the mistakes made because there is one less player to cover for you. So because of that, you spend less time attacking, fewer time getting more chances onto the opposition's goal. And that leads to games like this one where we saw Schalke not really bothered by Bayern Munich for much of the first half, even though by all rights, Bayern Munich should have just completely steamrolled them. So this was kind of a throwback to those formations that we remember from Nagelsmann last season where he used to have that pseudo back three with four wingers on the pitch and Lewandowski and Muller which was so awful I don't even want to think about it anymore. I hope this is not a sign from Nagelsmann that he wants, might want to go back to those formations again because the 4-2-3-1 was working so beautifully and there is absolutely no reason to change that formula for anything else at this moment unless there are injuries and even if there are injuries we saw a marked improvement in our quality of play even when Kimmich was in midfield and Stanisic was at right back so even if Matsrawi wasn't able to play because of his hamstring issue I think Stanisic should have started at right back and he should have kept Kimmich in midfield instead of having him move to right back I don't know maybe some people suggested in the game thread that this was maybe a request from Hansi to give Kimmich a few minutes at right back in case he needs to play there for Germany, but I don't believe it. I don't believe that Nagelsmann would even acquiesce to such a request, and I don't believe that Hansi would even make or be in a position to make such a request, even if his links to Bayern are so strong and his the number of German players in Bayern are so... I, Germany have so many players in the Bayern roster, but the thing is that Germany is just going to have to figure out their problems on their own. They can't rely on Nagelsmann to fix them 
for them. And what else? What what else did I have to say? I, I have nothing much to say about this game because honestly, the highlight game was against Werder Bremen in midweek. That's where we saw the absolute dazzling attacking plays that this team has become known for. Oh yeah, that reminds me. Thomas Muller, I saw in the comment section of our game thread that people were saying that Thomas Muller, when he comes back from injury, he's going to need to prove that he belongs in this lineup because the way we're playing right now, the team is so good that Muller may not have a place in the lineup. I do not believe that's the case. I think Thomas Muller walks into this lineup any day of the week for any one of the attackers except Muziala because Thomas Muller is Thomas Muller. You cannot have a position-based chance-heavy system without a guy like Thomas Muller in it. In fact, I would say that the way Bayern Munich has been playing, as good as we've been in these last few games, we are still only playing at uh, maybe a fraction of our total potential because Thomas Muller is, just elevates Bayern to such a high degree that we have not seen the full potential of this squad yet. Because when Thomas Muller was fit, we had those issues with our finishing and Nagelsmann still was figuring out the exact composition of the midfield and the attack and Sane had not yet come into his own and Muziala was still, you know, those those little bit of growing pains were there in this formation. But since we have come into form now, Thomas Muller would still walk into this formation and he would start getting the goals and assists that he is known for, which have been scarce this season, but... He was mainly playing at a time when Bayern Munich were struggling for finishing and for chances. And he got injured. Sorry, he caught COVID and then he got injured right at the time when Bayern was just about getting into form. So he did not get those games under his belt where everyone else was scoring. And also maybe playing with an actual striker in Chupamoting would also help his statistics and help him get you know, more goals and assists that we know him for. But there is no way that Thomas Muller is getting sidelined in this formation. He is probably our second best attacker right after Jamal Muziala and I hold him to that and I think Han- both Hansi Flick and Julian Nagelsmann will be relying on Muller in the coming weeks and months. Finally, I just want to point out that there was a moment in the 78th or 9th minute where you had Matthias Delict. I think first of all it was David Upamecano. Upamecano drove into the box, had a shot on goal, it was saved by Schalke's goalkeeper and then Delek comes in and he then he has a shot on goal. So, like, I don't know which team in Europe has a setup where the center backs are literally getting two consecutive shots on goal by dribbling all the way up the pitch and into the opposition box. I hope that Bayern Munich fans can really appreciate how good and how dominant this team and its setup really is on a day that I would, I think, most Bayern fans would say. But we were quite mediocre. We were not really up to standards. And even then, we had a performance where we were completely and utterly dominant to a degree that I don't think we have seen since, in my opinion, the Yopankis era. Because in Flick's era, I know that we were dominant, but we were never dominant in the sense that we controlled games. We were dominant in the sense that we completely crushed our opposition. Now, ultimate teams don't crush their opposition to quite the same extent, but they do control games much better, especially recently. We have seen some slip-ups, especially against Gladbach, Dortmund, Stuttgart. Those games did happen in this season. Um, Hertha Berlin as well, more recently. But even so, I think overall, this team is on an amazing trajectory and the brand of football that we have here is what I envision Nagelsmann would be when we first 
announced that he would be signing for us. That being said, Knucklesball has its flaws. Knucklesman today, he subbed on Gravenberg and Paul Wenner and left Matthew Tell on the bench. I don't know if this was punishment for Tell taking that shot in the final minutes of the game against Bremen where he did get it past the keeper, but I mean, he had like three better options to pass it to and he did not. So I don't know if that's punishment for that or selfishness or if Nagelsmann just had a different idea for this game, but it was a little bit disappointing how he continues to use the youngsters more like filler at the end of games instead of actually giving them proper roles to flourish and to show what they can do. Paul Wanner, at least I understand he's only 16, but Ryan Gravenberg is 20, and he has already played in the Champions League for Ajax as a starter. So I don't understand why Nagelsmann keeps only giving him like 10, 12 minutes at the end of games, and maybe a maximum of 20 minutes, instead of actually bringing him on in the 60th minute like he does with the other guys, guys that he trusts, like Matthias Delict or Marcel Zabitzer or guys like that. This kind of this kind of behavior from Nagelsmann is just the worst and it's it, it's really frustrating because these kids are very talented and it's a very long season we are going to need these guys to step up for us and you never know when it's going to be a Champions League semi-final and your main defenders or midfielders are going to be injured and you're going to need one of the youngsters to step up and play for you and perform and in that case why not give these guys some minutes in a game against a team like Schalke who are the worst team in the league by some margin and let them just get the feel of a game and get the understanding of what it means to play for Bayern Munich and how they can actually cooperate and link up with their teammates in a game scenario, in an actual match, not in training. I understand that Nagelsmann sees these guys in training, he knows their strengths, knows their weaknesses, knows what they're made of, what how ready they are, but it's just a matter of getting these guys, like, just getting them used to what it feels like to play games and that is my main concern about Nagelsmann this entire hit render that he has not given enough minutes to these youngsters and because of that we are gonna be hard pressed to give them more minutes in the second half of the season because it's gonna be a very tough second half we are gonna have fixture congestion we're gonna have late Champions League game like late runs into the Champions League and late runs into the Pokal and you know the Bundesliga is slightly opening up at the top, but even so, I don't know if Nagelsmann will be brave enough to give youngsters minutes in games versus teams like Dortmund and Leipzig, so he's going to have to figure out his aversion to playing youngsters in more safe games, like this game against Schalke and the game against Bremen, and start giving them more minutes, and if he just figures that out, I think he will be pretty much the perfect coach, because the brand of football we're playing right now is very enjoyable. Literally every player from the striker to the defenders, they are all contributing to attack and defense. It's just one big unit and everyone seems to know their roles and it's finely tuned, finely balanced and I would not really change it fundamentally except for the small addition of Thomas Muller once he gets fit. Other than that, I would not change anything about this Bayern Munich team and I'm looking forward to what our Rukrunda has to bring. So that's pretty much all I have to say. This was I Need No Name reviewing Bayern Munich's 2-0 win over Schalke. I see that I have recorded for a lot longer than I was expecting to, so I ended up actually ranting for a bit. Sorry about that. So thank you for listening. You can find us on pretty much any podcasting platform, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whatever. Stay tuned for our next podcast, which will be a full-length flagship episode probably based on Germany or maybe a Hindrunder review. I have not decided what the topic will be, but it'll be one of those. And stay tuned for our continued coverage of the FIFA World Cup. You will have full preview.
preview shows, post-game shows, full reviews, everything about the FIFA World Cup, like on from a Germany perspective. So stay tuned for that and follow us on Twitter at BavarianFPWorks and check out our match coverage on the blog, match observations, awards, and reactions. So thank you for listening and I will see you next time. Good night.